0: Aloha Kako. Welcome to the show, Policy for the People. I'm your host, Minara Mordecai. Today is a special episode with a public health expert who will help us understand the research on the COVID-19 pandemic. She will also help us find the middle ground between panic and denial. I'm joined by a very special guest, Dr. Dora Ilyasova, a senior epidemiologist with the MTX Group. She brings with her over 20 years of research and teaching experience. She's presented on a number of topics on herd immunity, mathematical modeling of disease risk, and the future of COVID. I encourage you to send questions throughout the show. Um, Dora, welcome and thank you so much for joining and being here today. You probably know, hi, (laughs) you probably may know that Hawaii is experiencing a rapid spike in COVID-19 cases. Um, because of the Delta variant, um, and the question on everyone's mind is, what does the future look like? What are some of the expert opinions and predictions for how COVID will play out after the current wave? um Can you start us off with that?
1: Well, thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, before we uh, are lost in, <laughs> <laughs> I would like uh, to make to draw a line between. The infection with COVID 19 and the severe disease, which everybody is afraid of. Coronavirus is basically uh, a family, a large family of viruses that cause uh, mild respiratory uh, disease, which we know as common cold. But COVID 19 disease is a very severe one. So that we are afraid of. um, with this Delta virus right now, it it happens after we already have the first, I would say, uh, wave of vaccination. So now we have two pockets of of the population. One pocket is vaccinated, and another pocket is unvaccinated. If you look at the data, uh at the wave in January and compare it with the wave today, you would see that this wave is not as big as it was in January. Also, if you look at ages and we know that older people are more susceptible to this severe disease compared to younger people, you would see that the reduction in uh, hospitalization among older people is three times, Mm -hmm. in middle age, two times, and there is no difference in younger people uh, compared to uh, January. So the idea probably, I mean, uh, there are several opinions on how the future will look like. Like there is an epidemiologist in UK who is specializes in COVID and he really is on top of everything. He thinks that we will have after Delta, we have many other variants. And at the end, everybody will get uh, COVID sooner or later. The idea with vaccination is that probably if we are vaccinated, this will not be as severe as it is without vaccination. Um, I sort of like have a more optimistic outlook. I don't have, I have to say that I have, uh, it's not exactly my area of research. though. So I don't have my ax to grind. I don't have a theory that I defend in the literature and that is, you know, and I'm very opinionated about something. So, but I do believe that um, virus will mutate, and we will have other waves, but the more people, the, uh, the more we have immunity in population, whether people already acquired disease, they have natural immunity or they are vaccinated, it's it's a, it's a sort of like um, immunity through vaccination. Uh, we, we will have less and less and less waves. And uh, hopefully at some point, it will be gone or we'll have a common cold. Hmm.
0: So it will look more like a flu vaccine, um, where we're getting a yearly flu vaccine that's a different
1: variant. Uh I yeah, it could be, it could be like flu is a different type of virus and mm-hmm. it also mutates, and we are uh guessing uh, Every every year with the flu vaccine, we are guessing what is the drift. How will look the new virus? Uh, probably that will be the same with COVID, or uh, until the virus will completely become a common cold. Or uh, I'm not a um, virologist, and I can't say exactly how it will mutate. It's uh, it's a special area of research, but. Um, It looks like the less amount of people susceptible to the virus we have, the smaller is the wave. Mm -hmm. And even if the virus mutates, um, that will be smaller and smaller and smaller.
0: So either uh, natural immunity or vaccine immunity will help mitigate um, serious cases or morbidity.
1: That. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I I always try to imagine or, you know, to draw a parallel mm-hmm. about um, antibodies that are developed either through natural immunity. These antibodies are proteins, specific proteins. In, let's imagine that they are special agents, right? And the special agents are trained to defend us uh, against specific invader. So um, uh, some people are saying, oh, there's still, even those who are vaccinated, they still get severe disease. Well, yes, um, no matter how great is the defense, sometimes it fails uh, in some people, but most people are pretty well protected.
0: Okay, um, we actually just got a question from a viewer that's specifically to, and you and I talked about briefly about, um, it takes a long time to get FDA approvals and you know FDA is, has a lot of components to it. Do you know much what's going on with FDA and boosters, the booster shots? Um, there's some issues that are happening because people are, are disagreeing with the president's advice to the country to do the boosters. Um, do you know much about that? What's happening with FDA? Um, I
1: I'm not uh, very much familiar with the FDA uh, process, only in um, main basic terms. But um, I I I understand that uh, immunity is uh, tapering over time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the question is who should get this yes. shot and it is very, very logical. It sounds very logical to me to advise, to get booster shots for people who are immunocompromised. Like, uh, for example, um, like, uh, my father who has a, um, um, rheumatoid arthritis. So
0: that's. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, while we're on the topic of FDA, um, there's a conversation where people were hesitant to do the vaccine because it wasn't fully approved, and um, you and your whole family got vaccinated before there was a full FDA approval. Um, what was your decision like? What were the factors that encouraged you to do it before the full approval? Um,
1: like I said, I, I am very little familiar with the FDA <laughs> process, but I do know that it is a very, very rigorous process. Uh, it doesn't approve only the uh, because the vaccine has uh, shown to be effective, but also it approves the uh, all the QA and manufacturing process and everything. But as soon as the data on the effectiveness of vaccine has been published and they've been published before the approval. Mm-hmm. This is pretty much a uh, no brainer mm-hmm. for me. And some people say, do you believe in vaccine? And I'm like, why do you need to believe? You just look at numbers That's, and the numbers tell the story.
0: Okay, so the, the, we knew the effectiveness of the vaccine was there even before, well before there was a full FDA approval. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah. and yes. that was research supported. Right, correct. And, and okay. this data didn't change. The mm-hmm.
1: data are there. It's just the process of approval is more than looking at the data that are published and show that vaccine can prevent people. Getting great disease. Um,
0: I wanted to switch. You did a presentation on herd immunity, so and we hear a lot about that. Can you explain briefly what is herd immunity and why it's important, or if it's still important? I'm not sure if it still is. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, I would prefer to say community. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll go with that. Immunity,
1: immunity. <laughs> right. Uh, it's a concept. It's a concept that is saying that if there is um, uh, less susceptible, if some portion of the population is less susceptible uh, to the virus, already has an immunity, then we are... It doesn't mean that nobody gets sick, but it means that there is no epidemic. What means yeah. epidemic is just the disease is uh, spread in exponential proportion, right? So it's a huge wave.
0: So people, some
1: people can get sick, but it's not, become, it cannot become an epidemic. That, that's what herd immunity means. Um, and uh, it's all, uh, Again, it's a theory, and there are a lot of um, calculations into thinking what proportion should be immune before the community reaches this community immune uh, threshold. Um, uh, And and there are the devil is in details how you calculate all the parameters that go into this uh, equation.
0: Do you think it's still important for us to reach a certain goal or a marker um at least in this country? Um,
1: with mutating virus, um, the idea is that maybe we will never reach herd immunity exactly. maybe we will reach the point when people get the virus but don't but the number of severe Diseases will not be so huge.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, while we're on the topic of immunity, um, is natural immunity does it operate the same way as vaccine immunity? Is it pretty similar? Are there any differences between natural and vaccine immunity? Uh, that
1: that is a very interesting question. I was interested in that myself, and I recently read a paper uh, where they Um, took the uh, serum from people who have been vaccinated and from people who have been infected with the virus. And it turned out that, yeah, and tested against Delta virus, for example, right? So how they tested, they see how, how much, Uh, this antibody, how effectively this antibody can neutralize the virus, right? And um, all of this, and both uh, the natural immunity and the vaccine immunity is against another strain of the virus, correct? So every single situation shows that the uh, Potency of neutralizing virus is lower, but with vaccine, it's lower three times and with natural immunity, it's lower six times. So uh, the interpretation of this data, again, these are experiments in the test tube, right? But uh, the interpretation would be, and I hope that this is true, that the vaccine uh, protects you better from Delta virus compared to the natural immunity. Oh, that's interesting. Well, there's um, another interesting study done mm-hmm. uh, in UK, even before vaccine was uh, developed. It wow. was, they took a steer from people who never had COVID-19 and it turned out that some people do have natural immunity probably developed against other coronavirus, um, uh, other strains, uh, other types of coronaviruses. So, and, and interestingly that the highest level of of this sort of natural immunity was among children and after 16 years old, it was precipitously going down.
0: Interesting. Um... That actually brings me to another question that we had from a viewer, which is, what? Um, why are we seeing more children getting infected now? Actually, I looked at the number of
1: uh, hospitalizations and they are not higher than they were in January. Infected, maybe, Uh, because the transmission of virus, uh, uh, transmissibility of virus, Delta virus, is higher than the previous one. But uh, if you look at the number of hospitalizations, it is similar to what we saw in January. Mm
0: -hmm. And and what does that mean that transmissibility is higher? It means that if you
1: and I meet each other and one of us has this virus, it's much easier to jump from me to you or from you to me uh, compared to other uh, strains that we saw before. Um, but um, 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 again, I, I'm not sure about the severity that it shows higher severity than the strains.
0: Is it because there's, um, there's more um, COVID-related, you know, molecules that are tra- being transferred from person to person? What what makes it more likely that you would catch it if we're talking? Oh, oh
1: the virus muting. That if... Um, it can break into and invade ourselves much easier than it was before.
0: Okay. So in the past, it may have entered someone's system, but didn't necessarily stick around because. Right. We Correct. got. Okay. So, Correct. yeah. This, this one is more persistent. Okay. Uh, yes.
1: Okay. Uh, oh, no. Uh, it, it has to be like, for example, uh, you probably are asked, have you been in contact with a person who has been tested positive for COVID-19? And then the question is, how long you've been in contact? Okay. If you test and you had one uh, you know, it, it, a little bit of exposure and your risk is much lower of catching a disease, Mm-hmm. Compared to longer exposure, which means that the por- the proportion of uh, the portion of the virus that you get is much higher. The level.
0: Uh, I see. Okay. Um, we actually got another question from a viewer, and this is related to the variants. Um, what are the chances that another variant? And you said that this, there's some projections that we're going to have many variants coming forward. Um,
1: well, WHO already said that we had um, several variants. Uh, I don't have my cheat sheet to read you the names of these variants, but there are at least five more variants that is of interest. Mm-hmm. Because uh, virus mutates, but not all the variants are interesting to us because not all of them are seen as uh, important threat.
0: Do you know, what are the chances that there's a variant coming that will be worse than Delta? Um, well, uh,
1: usually the, uh, okay, how these mutations happen, the uh. virus evolves, right? It goes through the system and changes, and those but those mutants survive, it, it happens randomly, right? But those mutants who can invade and transmit much faster than others, they survive and uh, sort of take over compared to previous strains, okay? It's like a evol- evolution. Um, whether or not it's severe, I, I mean, uh, from the just um regular point of view, if the virus is deadly, right? And the person dies very quickly, the person cannot transmit the disease. So it, it always has to be in the middle to be really, really uh, dangerous. Um, that That's
0: interesting. I mean, we talked briefly about you know vaccine effectiveness, and we hear the numbers. You know the vaccine is ninety five percent effective, or something along those lines. What does that really mean? How do we think of that in terms of population?
1: Um, let me give you a couple of numbers. Like for example, uh, Moderna vaccine. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, what is their a rate of infection among those who got placebo it's like about cases per 1000 person years so how do we interpret that it's with if we take 1000 people and let them live one one year right 1000 1, person years 56 of them will get
0: infected oh, okay so, if we take people who are vaccinated, the rate is three
1: per uh, as far as I remember, and per one thousand person years. Okay. So, if you take one thousand people and let them live uh, one year, you will see three people are uh, still get the virus. So take fifty six minus three and divide by 56, and it will be approximately 94.94, 94, which is 94 percent. So what we are saying that you take the rate of those who have placebo, minus the rate of those who have been vaccinated, and divide by the rate that we see in unvaccinated, and you say, okay, 95 percent of cases we prevented. Uh, based on the vaccine but it doesn't mean that uh, if you have a vaccine the rate is zero and also if you if you think about that 56 cases in 1000 people it also it's not that 100 percent of them are getting you know it's not like if uh, 90% of people, if you are not vaccinated will get the virus, and only 5% of those who are vaccinated will get the virus. So that, that, that's, I, I try to explain what is behind these numbers.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Um, that That's really clear, actually, I, I understand it. Um, we, um, we don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to just one important question that you and I discussed previously, which is pre-existing conditions, Um, they are affecting COVID numbers significantly. Can you talk more about that? Like this obesity and diabetes, what are we seeing in the United States and how they're affecting COVID um, mortality?
1: Yes, this this is something that uh, it's a, you know, to me, it's a wake-up call for the whole nation because if you look at the map of obesity in 1990, then 2000,
0: then 2020, you will see.
1: That. So, um, and we know that the risk of severe disease in obese people and the risk of dying, having COVID-19 is much, much higher than compared to normal weight. So. And it's not only COVID-19, it's other chronic diseases, including cancer, cardiovascular disease, uh, you name it. And and it is preventable. It is preventable just looking at the trends. Uh, I hope that this will be a wake-up call for the whole nation to look very, very seriously at this pre-existing condition.
0: Yeah. So, what are we talking about? If you take away obesity um, from patients, are we seeing, would we see a drop in, in mortality rate? Significantly?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course.
0: Yeah, we will see. Especially,
1: you will see the difference in the younger population uh, compared to the older population. Mm-hmm. You know, elderly people are susceptible to this virus, we, we know, and and, they, um, and most of them uh, develop uh, severe disease, but if you look at the younger populations, the difference between obese a, a and, and normal way, weight is very, very high.
0: Okay. We got one more question from the audience, and this is related to possibly development of a new drug that would prevent COVID from sticking to the step cells, do you know much about that i I wish
1: that would be there because it is extremely important. Uh, I've read several things about uh potential therapeutic agents, especially those that we know are already on market repurposing other drugs, mm-hmm. but so far um Um, we we don't see one winner that would say, okay, we do have effective therapeutic and that will um, prevent us from having a severe disease. Mm -hmm. So so you
0: haven't seen anything too promising yet? No, no,
1: there are a lot of promising things. It's Mm -hmm. just like there's no one winner that uh we would say okay here is the protocol everybody will take it and, and it works
0: i see okay hopefully one day um and then one last question I, I i have for you is if you have anything else that you want to share with us as far as covid research recent COVID research that you feel like is important for the public to be aware of
1: um, it seems to me that common sense most likely will tell people what to do. but it is interesting that I've read several uh, papers on mathematical modeling what is important in in protecting people from covid nineteen. and um usually there's good ventilation, masks, vaccines, of course it it was there was not even vaccines so common uh I, I would i would feel that uh, not being panicking and not feeling that you get out of your house and you are getting into the war zone and you're <laughs> you are going to be killed but at the same time just sticking to common sense uh prevention measures would help a lot
0: okay. well thank you so much this was so fascinating and interesting i really do wish we could have Um, a much longer conversation, which I hope we will continue because um, Dora and I are actually cousins. This is how our um, idea for this show started, because we had a long conversation about her expertise. So I'm so happy to have my own family that we're all very proud of on the show. Um, Thank you, Dora. This was a pleasure as always. Um, And we will see you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you.